The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday edition of PFTPM. Miles Simmons, Mike Florio, the unofficial title of the Friday edition, another week closer to death. We should get that on a T-shirt. Only to wear on Fridays, another week closer to death. Hello, Miles. How are you? Uh, I'm another week closer to death, Mike, as you just said. I think that that's a great idea. We could always wear matching T-shirts. Wouldn't you just want to match with me? Wouldn't that be fun, you know, just for our little dynamic here? I think it would be really nice and playful. <laughs> there would have to be one difference, though. Mine would have a single-digit number. Oh, there you go. Okay. You say you called it a T-shirt, not a jersey. There's a very big difference there. Oh, oh! I think we have to have numbers on it. We cover football. You can't have a T-shirt without a number on it. You can't. What would it, what would be your remember, number? Remember, there was a. Uh, uh, what what number would you hate the most? <laughs> one, actually. <laughs> that's the num- that's the number I would be then. Number one, and I'll get a foam finger to go along oh, with it. Perfect. All right. Uh, Let's get to it. Welcome in. We're on Peacock, Sirius XM 211 podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And I, I want to thank the folks in Baltimore and the folks in, in Kansas City because we always had nothing today. I don't know what we're going to do. I, we we're going to tell knock-knock jokes. I don't know. Dirty limericks, possibly. Uh, but thank you because they could have done it during the draft. They could have done it over the weekend when people weren't engaged. But I really want to say thank you to Eric DaCosta and Brett Veach for coming together and getting the deal done that sends Orlando Brown, who made it clear he's not a right tackle, he's a left tackle, wants to be a left tackle. Chiefs need a left tackle. There are the full terms of the deal. You know, it's funny. You you no longer have a guy traded for, like, a first-round pick. There's got to be all this extra stuff, like the little grains of rice that you put on the scale to get it just right. This is one of those trades where, well, okay, it's Orlando Brown and a second-round pick and a sixth-round pick next year. We're going to get the sixth-round pick next year. And you get back first-round pick, oh, but also a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick. And, and oh, oh, just to balance it out, a fifth-round pick next year. So that's what happens. But the main feature is pick number 31 goes to Baltimore. And Orlando Brown goes to Kansas City. And now the Chiefs have a left tackle, ostensibly, who's entering the last year of his contract with no new deal to be done, reportedly. I saw multiple reports to that effect. And it's a win-win, but it's odd because even though they're not in the same division, they are two of the top rivals in the AFC. And there's a chance that, that Orlando Brown could help the Chiefs beat the Ravens at some point when it matters most in January. Uh, yeah, that's one of the most interesting things about this, other than the fact that, you know, you need a lot of bags of rice in order to balance out anything with Orlando Brown, because that's a really big dude. But I'll tell you what, Mike, I think that when you look at what uh, Orlando Brown is going to bring to the Chiefs, it's something that they really, really, really needed, because if you look at that offensive line, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, it went, it was very depleted 
by the time that they got to the Super Bowl. And so one of the things I, I think you got to applaud Brett Veach for is not just saying, well, we have Patrick Mahomes and that's going to cover up for a lot. No, they had to say, we're going to go out there and we're going to get better. And they were aggressive in getting a player that is on a team that was in their conference. So if you have to trade, you know, a first round pick and a couple other picks in order to get that done, and then you still get a second round pick back, I think that that is something to be applauded. And the Chiefs and the Ravens do get together in the regular season this year in Baltimore. So Orlando Brown will be back at some point. We find out on May 12 when the games will actually be. We know the who and the where. We find out the when in a few weeks. And remember last year, early on, when the Chiefs beat the Ravens on a Monday night, it was Lamar Jackson who said the Chiefs are our kryptonite. And they didn't get a chance to have that rematch in the postseason. But... Um, Chiefs a little bit better today, and the Ravens picking up a first-round pick. I thought that the Vikings would be a potential trade partner for the Baltimore Ravens with Orlando Brown because the Vikings have that need as well. Although they're thinking about Ezra Cleveland moving from guard to left tackle. I yeah, They weren't ready to do it last year, and they kept Riley Reef. I don't know what's changed in a year, but that was the one I thought that would happen. And maybe That's the, the one you were just, hoping th- would happen, Mike. I don't know. I don't know that I was hoping it would happen because uh, I, I don't I, – if the, you know, the Ravens would have found a way to make it work if they really wanted to keep him because I don't think left tackle is as important as it – as it used to be, I think left and right are almost equally important, right? It's not like this is a high-flying okay. passing game in Baltimore, and Lamar Jackson doesn't need a ton of protection for his blind side. If Orlando Brown's a great tackle, you just pay him and you keep him, and you've got Brown and you got Ronnie Stanley. So uh, I, I just I, I, I just wonder if the Browns, or not the Browns, but the Ravens in sending Orlando Brown as opposed to Orlando Raven being sent by the Browns. It's Orlando Brown being sent by the Ravens of the Chiefs. I just wonder if the Ravens are like, yeah, okay, you well, go ahead. We'll give one of our top rivals in the conference a guy that maybe we don't really believe in. But the Chiefs do. The Chiefs have the need. And uh, and the Ravens now reportedly going to sign Alejandro Villanueva, the longtime left tackle in Pittsburgh. He happily will become the right tackle in Baltimore after the draft. They're going to do that. And I also know that the way it works, there's a window after the draft where the signings no longer count toward compensatory draft formulas. And the Ravens, one of the teams, very adept at playing that game. And look, it's unenforceable. If someone else wants Alejandro Villanueva, they can sign him. But wink, nod, Villanueva's waiting. And at the right time, the Ravens will sign him. And then he's the guy who replaces Orlando Brown. That's simple. Yeah, it, it is. So that's why the all of the moving parts in this are so very interesting to me because you've got a guy in Villanueva who is coming down from Pittsburgh who's been a part of that rivalry and you kept, you know, doing the Freudian slip with the Browns and the Ravens thing and it like was little pins and needles just going I into my it on purpose every single time. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll see if one of these teams can pick their quarterback of the future, Mike. So how about that? You know, maybe it won't be one of the, it won't be the Ravens or the Chiefs or the Browns but one of these teams in the draft is definitely going to pick a quarterback of the future, aren't they? Let me let me say this to you right now. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose, but now that I know it bugs you, oh, I will. I will. I now have my kryptonite to use on you, especially when you try to get smart with me. 
I finally found it. I still don't know when your birthday is. I'll find that out soon enough. But now I know. All I have to do is call the Ravens the Browns, and off we go. Or, or I well, suppose, if I could, if I, if I maybe get a copy of the biography of Art Modell and read a chapter or two on the air. Oh, oh God! Uh, a segment that, called that reading. Hurt? Uh, you know, it would. I'm sure it probably would hurt people's ears more than it would hurt mine. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I think with Villanueva going down to the Ravens, what's going to be interesting to see is how he adjusts to being a right tackle. I think in that offense that is so run-based, it might be a little bit easier than it would, say, going to somewhere that's a pass-heavy offense because of the way you have to do things differently when you're a left tackle and a right tackle. Look, People talk about it sometimes, and, you know, it is supposedly easier being a right tackle than a left tackle, but setting as a pass protector is very different when you're on the right than when you're on the left. It's basically like you have to change everything that's inside your brain, right? So I think going to an offense that is so run-based is going to work out well for Villanueva because you're just going straight ahead. And, you know, the, the Ravens can sign different wide receivers. You know, they can go after different guys in the draft and get a different wide receiver. And they obviously do need to improve their passing game. But as long as you've got Lamar Jackson, who's got the kind of wheels that he has, you've got the guys in the backfield that the Ravens do, they're going to continue to be your running-based offense. So from that perspective, I, I think that this is going to be a good signing for them whenever they execute it. Um. I have heard the difference between left tackle and right tackle explained in some very graphic terms that, uh, 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 well, I, I don't know. How, I, it's not like we can't say it. We've said it on the show before. I think we said it on the morning show. Somebody, and I can't remember who, said it's like wiping with your left hand and then wiping with your right hand, that that's how different <laughs> it is, that it's, 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 it's a dramatic change to your existence. And by the way, I'm multitasking here. I'm on Amazon looking for... An art model biography? There isn't one. Maybe I should write oh. one. Maybe the world yeah. needs an art model <laughs> biography. My mom is in her car on the way home right now, and she is just so upset. Sorry, with you. mom. <laughs> mom, sorry, mom. All right, I'll stop. Okay. Uh, the Chiefs in shedding Eric Fisher, the number one overall pick in the 2013 draft, and Mitchell Schwartz, a two-time All-Pro. They have added Joe Tooney, free agent from the Patriots. Kyle Long came out of retirement. He's joining the Chiefs. Center Austin Blythe is uh, now in the fold, and Orlando Brown Jr., the son of Orlando Brown, who was a Browns tackle, and took that notorious beanbag in the eye from who was the referee that threw the beanbag? I can see oh him. I can see him. I can that, hear that his is voice. That my football consciousness, but I know, I know uh, who you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I couldn't tell you the referee's name. Yeah. Wait a minute. It was like 1999. You were like eight years old. You you don't I, remember that? Come on, man. I remember it happening, but, I, but do I remember the specifics of all of that? No, I do not. The first football game I basically really remember was a Browns preseason game in that year. And then when they beat uh, the Saints on uh, Halloween, when Tim Couch threw a Hail Mary to Kevin Johnson in the end zone. So that, that that's what I remember from 1999. Jeff Triplett is the referee ah, that, okay, there we that go. threw that fateful beanbag. And remember, I mean... I mean 
Brown went over and threw him down. He retired for like a year. He sued the NFL. Yeah. It was a big, ugly, nasty mess. They could write a book Absolutely. about that as well. The second volume to go along with the biography of Art Modell. All right, enough about the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns, and Art Modell. Let's move on to a team that could take an offensive lineman early in the draft, and that would be the Carolina Panthers. They're in a strange spot at number eight. They, they've signed, not signed, but traded for Sam Darnold. So the need for quarterback isn't as urgent as it was. But they still could take a quarterback, depending upon how the board goes. Or they could take the best available player. That's what Matt Rule, the head coach, suggested when they traded for Sam Darnold a couple of weeks ago. Or they could trade back. Today, Scott Fitterer, new GM of the Carolina Panthers, meeting with the media, discussing the possibility of doing just that, sliding out of the eighth spot in round one. We've talked to several, actually, already. Um, I'd say I'd say at least five, all in different parts of, of the draft. Uh, and there'll be a lot more calls this week. And, um, yeah, we're very open to moving back. We're open to picking. It just depends on how the, the board falls, those first seven picks in front of us. And, and that really is the key. And what teams do, they talk – to a bunch of other teams about potential moves and they're contingent on who's available. We heard from Dave Gettleman earlier in the week, the Giants GM on that, on that topic where, you know, he's got this reputation reality. He never trades down. Well, you know, there've been times where we were ready to trade down, but the guy that the team wanted to trade up for was gone. That's part of it. And, and once you get that many picks in, the board starts to take on a life of its own and you never know who is going to be there. So a lot of options for the Carolina Panthers. And at some point next Thursday night, they're going to have to make a decision. You can have all the options in the world, but you better be ready when the time comes to make a decision because you got 10 minutes to do it. Right. And that's why teams have clusters of guys, basically, that they say, all right, if we're picking here, then this is who we think we can pick. If we're picking here, this is who we think that we can pick. And if none of those guys are there, then, yeah, we're going to probably explore every avenue that we can in order to trade down. Now, I think that because the Panthers now have Sam Darnold, you know, if somebody like Trey Lance happens to fall into their lap, Justin Fields maybe falls into their lap at number eight overall, then yeah, I think that that has to be a serious consideration, especially because look, Sam Darnold, as much as you can say, there's a lot of potential there. He also was by the numbers, one of the worst starting starting quarterbacks in football last year. We can maybe say that was Adam Gase. Maybe it wasn't. We don't quite know. So and that's one of the things about Sam Darnold that I think sometimes people forget. I know we're not necessarily talking about Sam Darnold right now, but when he was at USC, and I remember this very well because I was in Los Angeles at the time, it's not like he was playing turnover free football. Okay. So this guy has had turnover problems going all the way back to college. So can you solve that? That's something that the Panthers have to figure out. And that's why I think that if there's a quarterback there, then yeah, you're definitely going to consider him if that's the guy that you think properly fits your offense. Otherwise, you definitely could select somebody like Arashawn Slater if he's still available. If Sewell isn't picked by Cincinnati, as I think most of us expect will happen, he could definitely be somebody that the Panthers pick up. They're, they're going to have a lot of options there, Mike. And I, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. I don't think anybody is. I don't think they are. But they're going to have a lot of options, and it'll be interesting to see how they figure it out. On Darnold, because another thing Fitterer said, they'll decide after the draft what to do about his fifth-year option, $18.858 million. You know, it's funny. We see reports, and we accept them as gospel truth, 
and sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. For example, the report that the Chiefs aren't going to sign Orlando Brown to a long-term contract. Well, maybe they will, right? Until they don't, there's a chance they will. And with Darnold, there were reports after that trade was done that the Panthers will exercise the fifth-year option. Fitterer said, we'll make that decision after the draft. And, I, I hey, Miles, they could flip Sam Darnold. I mean, I, I, th- that wouldn't be out of the question, would it? I no. mean, they, they could, they, they've given up, they've given up three picks for him, two next year, a two and a four next year, and a six this year. There, there could be something that happens between now and May 3rd when they have the deadline of picking up the option where they could trade him, depending upon what happens in the draft. So uh, if they get a quarterback, maybe they will move on from Sam Darnold. We just don't know. And, and even if they would pick up the option, that doesn't preclude trading him. I, I think they will pick up the option if they don't trade him before May 3rd. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, they, they invested $33 million in Teddy Bridgewater. They'll invest $23 million or so in Sam Darnold. They've already invested three draft picks in Sam Darnold. But if Justin Fields or Trey Lance fall into their laps and they want him, David Tepper, the owner of the team, is so determined to get a franchise quarterback, he's willing to, to treat these moves as sunk costs, if need be, in the quest for a guy who's going to be his quarterback for the next 15 years. Yeah, and that's one of these weird things where, I, Mike, I think you're totally right. If something happens and the quarterback that the, the, the Panthers thought that they were not going to be able to get falls into their lap instead of going at, you know, one, two, three, or four um, in that first round, I guess we really should say three or four because we know who the first couple of quarterbacks are going to be off of the board basically at this point. Look, then anything can happen. And yeah, when you have somebody like Sam Darnold, you could in theory move him and you would probably you know get pennies back on the dollar that you spent in order to acquire him. But I think that at the same time, if there's something that, you know, strikes you that could be a good deal for you yeah there's no reason why they couldn't you know it's still in the realm of possibility and so what Federer was saying today you know and that we have a strong plan and we'll let you know what that plan is after the draft but right now we are concentrating on the draft I mean I think it sort of does invite that kind of speculation to say well maybe if something happens that doesn't necessarily mean it's likely to happen but if something happens then there's going to be a consequence of that something happening Let's pivot now to the story of the week that I really didn't expect to be the story of the week. And that is the revolutionary change in jersey numbers. And it's not just single digits available to running backs, receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, linebackers. It's also running backs, 80 to 89, linebackers in 20 to 49. It's all sorts of craziness that can happen. And Miles, I... Look, Peter King was on PFT Live this morning with me, and he he was apoplectic about the amount of interest in this story over the last month. But here's why there's interest. Football is an incredibly visual sport. It looks better on TV than it does in person. It's easier to follow, and it's very, very, very visual. And the numbers at the NFL level have been in a certain range, a certain type, a certain way, forever, with some some minor changes. The most controversial change in the past 50 years before this one was allowing receivers to wear numbers from 10 to 19. And I remember, Miles, I'll admit this, I was like you when they did it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Larry Fitzgerald, number 11, 
I didn't like it. I, I, I still can't get used to it, but now I have to because we're going to have receivers in single digits as well, potentially, or in the 20s or in the 30s. That's the other side of this. That whole range is open for running backs, receivers, fullbacks, tight ends, linebackers, defensive backs. So it's a big story. And the thing that makes it even more fascinating, Tom Brady, after the rule was passed, we talked about this yesterday, he's complaining. Well, why didn't you complain before? The rule was voted upon, and it's on you, Tom, if you're not paying attention to the rule proposals that affect your game. But I heard today, because one of the things I've tried to find out, and it's been crickets from the Buccaneers, did they vote for or against this rule change? So I haven't been able to answer that question, but only four or five teams voted against it. And it's just poetic that the Patriots were one of the teams that voted against it. And I'm told Coach Bill Belichick hates it so even when they're apart they're still united in their curmudgeonness the old man bill and the old man tom want us to get off their lawn single get off my lawn i think he may have said that word there to adam Thielen. but get off my lawn with your digits and your single digits in your 20s and 30s and who's the mic number 22 is the mic this doesn't make any sense and uh, i love it i just love it that belichick is against it well, I love it that Belichick is against it, too, because it makes me feel better about my stance now. You know, when it's just Tom Brady, you're kind of like, eh, but when it's the best coach of all time, then you're like, OK, well, maybe I'm on to something here. You know, I just the thing that really, I think, offends me the most about it is the running backs that can be 80 to 89. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I, nobody should have an 80 to 89 in the backfield. I don't like it. But Patterson, your guy, you know, from the Vikings, who's now with the Falcons. I didn't like seeing it then. I'm not going to like seeing it with any of this other stuff. Oh, I won't choose those numbers. I don't know. Uh, but I'm Ty I mean, Montgomery. Like, I'm, Ty Montgomery. Yeah. He, he, he started as a receiver, became a running back. They let him keep the, the uh, receiver number. Well, or like Mark Barron, who started as a safety and then turned into a linebacker. And then you got to say 26. Why is this guy a linebacker? Well, he's kind of a safety, but he's also not really a safety. So, you know, whatever it is, we just got to get used to it. So I don't know, man. I, I think, I, like I said, I think yesterday, I, I'm in the acceptance part of this. I understand what it is that we're doing. But, like, it's basically, it's going to be a bunch of young guys, really that are going to come in the league and then they're going to have these weird numbers because the guys who are already established, well, they may or may not want to do it. Will they, Mike? Well, and that's the next point. If you're an older player for whom there isn't a significant demand for your jersey, then uh-huh. you should be in a good position to change numbers because the more popular you are, the more of your jersey they have made – the more expensive it is to you to change your number. And we reported today, because I saw last night, and it was Chris Thomason of the St. Paul Pioneer Press that reported that Dalvin Cook, the Vikings running back, was thinking about switching from number 33 to number 4. Wharton High School, Wharton College. Can't wear it at the NFL. Or more accurately, before this week, couldn't. Now he can. But he wanted to look into what it would cost to change from 33 to 4 and the reality is because he is such a popular player there are sufficient jerseys in existence that have not been sold he would have to buy them all and this is the thing that just really pisses me off about it they charge him retail are you kidding me what a joke that is nfl fanatics whoever's doing it. i mean come on just 
get reimbursed for the production costs. And if you want to throw in distribution costs, you send it around to all the dick sporting goods and you're sending it here and, you know, you got to gather it all up again. Real cost. Don't put your thumb on the scale. What you are out of pocket, that's what the guy should have to pay. But the idea that the guy's got to buy them all up like anyone else at no discount, that is a load of crap. And especially at a time when they're, they're doing something cool other than, you know, from your perspective, but the rest of us think it's really great and it's fun and let the land rush begin. And they're going to be playing rock, paper, scissors in locker rooms to figure out who gets these numbers. Oh, wait, the really popular players can't change numbers unless they want to write, in Dalvin Cook's case, a check in the amount of roughly $1.5 million. I, I just, I think it's wrong, Miles. I think it's unfair because teams can cut and trade players with impunity. And there's never, well, you, you, they have to reimburse fanatics for all the unsold jerseys. They change uniforms all the time. And the thing that always bothers me about that is they keep selling their existing jerseys even when they know they're changing their uniforms and then all those people out there that pay retail for the old jerseys, their jerseys are obsolete. It would have been nice to know that before I, I bought a jersey for my nephew for Christmas that it was going to be obsolete the Monday before the draft. Yeah, yeah, and all the fans are just out of luck there. Yeah, but I think, Mike, you know, this. I, I think if this were a different player from a different team, you know, would you be so passionate about this? Because no, it just no, sounds no, to yes, me like you yeah, really no, want no, I don't a Dalvin care. Cook jersey. I, oh, no. You no, said no. I, I, I see you admitted no, it. There it is. I misspoke. Uh-huh. I misspoke. Birdie and slip right there. You just really want I, that Dalvin Cook four jersey. Mike, you can customize it. I'm sure there are ways to customize it. You can get it for you. Maybe that'll I, be your Christmas gift. I was actually looking for uh, clearance to report on another player who got a $170,000 bill in order to change his number. And I've yet to get the authorization to say who it is. And I've been working on my source. Like, what's the big deal? I, there's some weird sensitivity to this. I don't know whether it's you don't want to rock the boat or whether it's, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know why players are hesitant to have their names attached to it. It wasn't easy to, to, to get to the, the number that Dalvin Cook has to pay. But I just think it's grossly unfair. And I, I know that they don't want to allow guys to do it with impunity because then there will be real losses, but there's got to be a way to do it. Because I think whatever extra money they would make selling all the number four jerseys with Dalvin Cook would offset whatever the actual out-of-pocket losses are for Fanatics and the NFL by taking all those 33s. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, have him autograph all of them. Put, to have him go to the warehouse and autograph all of them, and you can sell them after that. I, I find a way to salvage those, but you're going to make more money in the long run selling a bunch of new Dalvin Cook number four jerseys, I think. I mean, I would assume that they could still sell them at a discount. You know, there are plenty of clearance racks across this nation that would probably happily sell a Dalvin Cook jersey. And at that point, you know, it's almost a throwback. It's basically vintage. You know, you get the original thing, not just the, the current thing. So I don't know. I think that there still would be a market for Dalvin Cook 33 jerseys, whether they're at a discount or not. So, uh, frankly, I agree with you on this point in particular, that there should be a way where, especially if you're going to change the rule where guys can have these different numbers, there should be a way to work it out so that they can just get a new number. Because I think if they do, it probably is advantageous for everybody. It just it allows people to have a new revenue stream, right? And who doesn't like a new revenue stream?
Absolutely. And the revenue stream may come next year because players can change their numbers next year at no expense. But you, you got to make it known now. And maybe the Vikings will just hold on to number four for Dalvin Cook. Maybe, maybe that's why players are a little bit hesitant to let this out there because now – if you're thinking about buying a Dalvin Cook jersey from the existing inventory, maybe you won't <laughs> because maybe next year number four is coming. Be advised. Be advised, Vikings fans. You may not want to buy that Dalvin Cook jersey because number four may be the jersey you're buying a year from now. Let's go ahead and take a break. NFL draft. Fill in the blank. We'll do that when PFTPM continues right after this. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. All right, good news, important news, big news. Hashtag Pulitzer. Shefty reports Roger Goodell has been vaccinated. And what? what? And will be allowed to hug the players who attend Thursday night's draft. Got to get that bear hug. Got to get lifted off the ground. Got to get the, the Christian Wilkins flying bump. Uh, that was my favorite. I, I, you know, for these guys who have grown up watching it every year and truly are brainwashed to think it is some sort of an honor and a privilege oh to be God. told. Have we done this before? No, but I, brain- I, I agree with your stance, but the, the, the brainwash thing, you're like, man, we're, we're yeah, they are right brainwashed. I know well, they are. I know they well, are. Was, who was the it, running back that drove back like all night in order to be at Alabama's pro day, even though he wasn't working out that to me, that now that is some brainwashing right there. Yeah, those are not Harris. We don't need to do that, dude. You don't need to do that. I don't know. Uh. It's an honor and a privilege to be told where you are going to be living and working and who you're going to be working with, even if that organization is going to ruin your career. Because we know that happens. We know that, especially with quarterback. You go to the wrong team, you go to the wrong team to start your career, that's it. It's over. Kaput. So anyway, there's nothing they can do about it. That's the one thing I've sensed over the years. The players accept it because they are firm believers in focusing only on the things that they can control. They can't control 
where they're going to be drafted. They can't control that the rule is they don't get to pick the team. The team gets to pick them. Joey Bosa is the only one who ever reacted to that question. I haven't asked it to every guy because I've sensed that the answer 99.9% of the time is going to be I can only control what I can control. But Joey Bosa, Miles, however many years ago it was, five years ago, did say, you know, you got a point. And I have thought of that. Just like I got to choose my college, I should be able to choose my team. And they should. Well, and especially if they are a good player. Right? Like Joey Bosa is basically locked into the Chargers until the Chargers say, all right, we're done with you. Right? If you are a good quarterback, you know, you are basically locked in with that team until such time that the team says we are done with you. And if you are a first round pick, then that means that the team has five years instead of your four years on the rookie contract, at least. And then they can maybe franchise you a couple more times. So that's seven years of your life that are basically surrendered to the team that happens to select you in the first round of the draft if you are a good player and you don't really get any choice in that. So, yeah, I frankly, I absolutely agree with you, but I just thought it was funny that you started it with the brainwashing aspect of it. I just, I, you know, this time of year, I, 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 I can't help myself. I don't think myself. it's just this time of year, Mike, man. <laughs> I know I, I know. haven't been working well, here all that long, but I think I know that. <laughs> but why, what, Miles? Of all the people out there who cover the National Football League, and there are thousands now, how is it that I'm the only one who will say that repeatedly? I've converted some people over the years. Stats Guerrero, who used to produce the morning show. At first, when I explained it to him, he said, I'm crazy, I'm nuts, I'm wrong. And after about four years of hearing me all the time, I finally wore him down. But and, and I don't consume a lot of media, but I, I, I'd i be paying attention. I'd know if there was somebody else out there who believes what I believe. Everybody else is to shake the pom-poms for the draft. The draft is great. The draft is awesome. Don't do anything to change the draft. And I, for me, and then we're going to move on because we've got other stuff to get to. I think part of it was when you have a child who gets close to the age of the guys who are being drafted, all of a sudden you see your child in the incoming players and you realize that, you know, they're not fully grown men. They're not fully formed adults. And if I was the parent of a player who's entering the draft right now and we lived in an NFL city and that team had a need at the position my son plays, but my son had to just hope that this arbitrary random circle puts him at that. It's wrong. He should be allowed to, it's just, it's like, in no other industry does this happen. I'm done. I quit. I don't quit. Some of you wish I would quit. I quit the topic for now. But I want people to understand that from the player's perspective, there really is a problem with this. There just isn't anything they can do about it. So they submit because what's your other choice? You can't bang your head against the wall. You want to play football. That's the way it works. All right, fill in the blank. With the 27th and now 31st pick in the draft, courtesy of the Orlando Brown trade to Kansas City. The Ravens will what, Miles? 
I think the Ravens will pick a wide receiver and an edge rusher. And I don't necessarily know in which order they'll do it, but I think those are two positions that the Ravens clearly need to get better at. Look, they lost Matthew Judon. He is now with the New England Patriots, and that's the guy that led the team in sacks the last two seasons. Ben, you know, the Ravens are the kind of defense where they can get pressure anywhere, but I think they could use one of these bona fide, you know, the real good guys at pass rusher. They really haven't necessarily had since Terrell Suggs left, Zedarius Smith. He, of course, is now with the Packers. So I think if they can get somebody like that with one of these two first-round picks, they'd be very happy. And I don't think Sammy Watkins is enough of an upgrade at wide receiver. That's definitely a position that they need to address too. I'm going to be far more specific than that. With picks 27 and 31, the Ravens will package them together Trade up to number 11 with the New York Giants, because why not? Dave Gettleman seems to be desperate to trade down just to prove to everyone that he's capable of doing it. And with the 11th overall pick in the draft, they'll take the best receiver available. And at that point, it quite possibly will be Devontae Smith. Wouldn't that be something if the new receiver in Baltimore is 166-pound Devontae Smith to be the bookend on the outside with Hollywood Brown and then Sammy Watkins, the speedster work in the middle from the slot, that passing game could be revolutionized quickly. It could be, but look, I mean, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Is that going to be fleecing Dave Gettleman, man? I think that's one aspect of it. But if that, if that were to happen, like that's some that is some serious speed. Like the Chiefs have speed. That that's some speed to rival the Chiefs for sure. And, and really, when, when you're the Ravens and the free agents, other than the ones that don't have any other viable options, with all apologies to Sammy Watkins, but it's not like he had viable options. The only way you're going to get a good receiver is in the draft. When the player can't say, are you crazy? I'm not going to play in the offense that never throws the football, although they throw it some, not nearly as much as other teams do. All right. The New England Patriots will select a what with the 15th overall pick? Okay, so I, I think that they will select a defensive back. I think they'll select a cornerback because I think that that's going to allow them to trade Stephon Gilmore because it just seems like the Patriots have done so many things that are not necessarily in character when it comes to spending, spending, spending this offseason in free agency. I think that would be something that would put them back in line with where we usually feel like the Patriots are because once they get a veteran that it's, you know, starts to get a little bit high price and then you also had some injury concerns last year with Gilmore. I think that would allow them to comfortably move on from Gilmore, maybe get a second round, third round pick back for him. And then the Patriots would probably be more in line with what at least I think of how the Patriots would act uh, in the offseason and in the draft, Mike. They have depth at the cornerback position, but this is likely the last year for J.C. Jackson, who got a second-round tender as a restricted free agent. He'll be unrestricted next year. He'll likely walk away. What are you going to do with Gilmore? Even if you have depth, you're going to need that guy. I think best corner available at 15 is what they're going to do, and I'm not a big believer in them trading up. I know a lot of people are fascinated by that possibility to move up for a quarterback. I submit that they love Cam Newton. And they want to see how far Cam Newton can take them with the benefit of a full offseason, no COVID, and better weapons available to him. And that, that apparently, Miles, is a very hot take for the opinion generators in the New England area because they all are convinced Cam Newton sucks. And if you say that the Patriots really like Cam Newton, 
They, they, they think you're crazy, apparently. Well, I mean, maybe that's just the reason why I seem to, I don't necessarily think that Cam Newton sucks, but I also just don't tend to think that they are uh, convinced, the Patriots are, that Cam Newton is going to be the guy that can get them back to the promised land. So maybe I'm reading too much out of Boston, and that's just influencing my opinion too much. One thing we need to keep in mind about Cam Newton, he has the perfect personality to follow Tom Brady. And... That part yeah. has been overlooked in all of it. But when when he walked into the locker room after Brady walked out, it galvanized guys. Guys want to follow him. They want to get behind him. I, I think the COVID thing last year really screwed it up, and it's, it's going to be a very different year for the Patriots and for Cam Newton in 2021. All right, the quarterback who could suffer an Aaron Rodgers-type slide is who, Miles? I mean, it depends on who you think is the second best quarterback in the draft, I guess, you know, because that wasn't that the whole thing about Aaron Rodgers. Right. But I the the guys that come to mind for me would be Trey Lance, first of all, because there's not a lot of tape on him. And so he is a pure projection. So that's why I think that he could easily slide. But I mean, if you tend to think that these teams at the top of the draft don't like Justin Fields as much, then it would be him. Because if he doesn't go, you know, number four overall or number three overall to San Francisco, depending on which, you know, betting favorites you you looked at in the last week, week and a half, then, yeah, I mean, it could be Justin Fields that starts to slide. And you don't really know when that slide is going to end, because in theory, you know, he seems like the kind of guy who teams should really be high on. But, you know, all of these different teams have different kind of evaluators than we might be in the media on the outside, Mike. Yeah, I, I I I tend to agree with Peter King that five quarterbacks can be taken in the top ten, and I don't think any of them will slide. But if any will slide, I I think it's Justin Fields, and I'm not saying it should happen, but between right. Fields and Lance, it would be one of them. And based upon just the the overall assortment and collection of reports and opinions and mock drafts not that i pay attention to those but sometimes you can't avoid them i I feel like if it's anyone it's justin fields and then i think it gets very interesting as to who's number six number seven number eight which of this second cut of quarterbacks ends up waiting the longest and also also when you've got chris sims putting kellen mond ahead of both justin fields and trey lance is there a chance that if Fields slides it's actually Mond that goes before Trey or before Justin Fields or even Trey Lance for that matter. That would be something if it happens. Right. The one draft prospect we're not talking about enough is who? See, I think it's Jalen Waddle. And I think it's kind of interesting because I mean, when you just brought up the Ravens and trading up, talked about Devontae Smith. But And everybody's been talking about Devontae Smith for good reason. Look, he won the Heisman Trophy, and there are these sort of questions, if you will, about his weight and all that. And he's 166 pounds, which I'm a lot heavier than 166 pounds, so take with that what you will. But I think Jalen Waddle was so good for that offense. I mean, if you look at his numbers, man, I mean, he has over 120 yards receiving in the first four games of the season before he gets hurt, then works his way back to get on the field for the national championship game. If you're talking about a guy who really loves football and obviously all coaches in the NFL want to see that, I think that's what that demonstrates. So I think Jalen Waddle, sort of like Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy last year, where I think we all kind of thought Judy would be the first wide receiver off the board. Maybe he should have been, maybe he shouldn't have been. I don't know. 
but at least from Alabama, right? So this is kind of maybe that same situation where Waddle could go before Devontae Smith, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I believe that if the Dolphins use the sixth overall pick on a receiver and Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith are all there, they'll take Waddle. So okay. I think you're on to something. I think you're on to something. Even over Chase, I think the opt-out, at least from the perspective of the Dolphins, I think that may hurt Chase and push the needle toward Jalen Waddle. For me, and I'm going to stay in Miami, but not with the local pro team, the local college team, Gregory Rousseau, who we had on the program last week at one point, uh, th- there was that interesting effort by someone to muddy the waters on Gregory Rousseau earlier this week when Ian Rappaport, who's who's clearly not a, a draft Nick, but he had a report about what a tough evaluation it is and, you know, big, tall, skinny guy and you know, questions about this and questions about that. And he opted out last year. When his agent comes out and says that multiple teams have told him that this guy's a first-round pick, Unless in advance Drew Rosenhaus went to Gregory Rousseau and said, I'm going to tell a big fat lie and it's not true and no first, no team has told me you're going to be a first-round pick. If this is the truth, then he does know it and he does trust it. And one thing that people don't realize, the agents who have relationships with multiple teams and they have relationships because they represent players throughout the league, teams will tell them the truth. And I'm fascinated to see where Gregory Russo goes because if multiple teams are regarding this guy as a first-rounder, that means he's going to go higher than people realize. So uh, I want to see where he goes, and I want to see what he can do because I think he can be a very good pass rusher in the NFL, Miles. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do as well. And I think this is going to be the thing with all of these guys that chose to opt out of the 2020 season. And general managers, I think, at least have been mostly responsible in saying, look, you've got to take these guys on a case-by-case basis because a lot of guys did have very good reasons to opt out. So when it comes to that, and then you see, you know, what exactly this guy has put on tape, how he looked in the workouts, all of that is going to be very fascinating, especially for an edge rusher and where he is going to go in that first round, Mike. Um, I agree, and we'll see how it all plays out. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Apparently, they've put together some questions for us to answer as if we're the people who are being evaluated by the team. Some pre-draft questions for Miles Simmons and for me. We'll do that when PFTPM continues right after this. I like to ask everything from, you know, if you could, you know, if you're on a desert island, you can only listen to one artist, what would it be to who your favorite player was growing up? I think you find out a lot about guys. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, what they put on tape in college is the most important thing to me in terms of, you know, the way that they play the game. It's usually just one art. I say one artist. You can listen to everything that they, everything that they play. And for me, it would, uh, it would, uh, it would be Dave Matthews. Well, that's good to know. I was wondering what Matt Rule would listen to if there was only one artist. So let's begin there. Since we are now on the hot seat, we are under the hot lights, sweating like Newman and hoping for a drink of root beer. If you were on a desert desert island, who's the one artist you would listen to, Miles Simmons? 
Okay, it would be Stevie Wonder, and I'll tell you why, man. This guy has got the range, and I don't know if anybody has had a five-album uh, sprint, if you will, like Stevie Wonder in the 70s when you go Music of My Mind, Talking Book, Inner Visions, Fulfilling Mrs. First Finale, and Songs in the Key of Life. That alone would keep me, I think, very well entertained on a desert island, but then you also have all kinds of other things in the Stevie Wonder catalog. So yeah, I would definitely say Stevie Wonder, but with a shout out to NERD, who I don't know if you've ever even heard of, Mike, but that's really my favorite musical artist, but Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder takes the cake. Who, who are you listening to? Let me tell you this, when I was in grade school, my sister, who was nine years older than me and still is nine years older than me, it's funny how that doesn't change, she had the record player, she had the albums, she had the Stevie Wonder albums, and when she's not home, that's when I'd go in and listen to her albums, and I wore out those Stevie Wonder albums. Sir Duke was a song that got played over and over and over again. I am not of, surprised uh, by which that. Al which album is that on? Which album is it on? Sir Duke is, Sir Duke is Songs in the Key of Life. All right. Um, now, not to be confused with Songs in the Key of Springfield, which was an album they actually put out of all the musical numbers from The Simpsons, which I may or may not have a copy of the CD of. Okay. Um, I, I I was a a huge Kiss fan, but I can't. I just can't do it. I, I can't. There it is. There's Gene Simmons, Miles' distant cousin. Oh, that's Gene. fantastic! That's fantastic. Um, I've never seen this. So that's an actual. That's an actual autograph by Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons jersey from the L.A. Kiss, <laughs> a failed former Arena Football League team. And then again, I think the entire Arena Football League is is failed. We can stop that anytime. Uh, please, please stop it. Um, I, and Are you talking Day, about the quarterback of the future there? No, I wasn't. Green Day uh, is, is another really? group that I really like. But I'll tell you what. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and, there's a, and Green Day has enough. See, that's the thing. You need to pick somebody yeah. that's got enough that there's variety there. So Green Day's got enough. They'd be a, a finalist. It would be Kiss. Probably not, though. Green Day. And I, I know that I'm going to come off as the stereotypical middle-aged sports writer, but I went to see the Springsteen show in New York a few years ago, and I had never been a Springsteen guy. I had As a kid, I, I'm just not into it. I'm just not into it. I don't like it. It's not my style. I'd rather have Kiss with the bombs and the fire and the blood and the, the, you know, the, the noise, and the music wasn't very good, but who the hell cares? But but Springsteen is something that I listen to a lot. Between Springsteen and Johnny Cash, I, I, I stay in a Johnny Cash mood for a very short period of time. But when I am, it's very intense. But I think right now I would go Bruce Springsteen. That's a very long answer, and I've purged my soul. But there's so much Springsteen that I haven't fully appreciated, and I've discovered it so late, relatively speaking, in my life, that, that, that that's probably where I'd go. All right. Would you, more, more importantly, would you rather be a cat or a dog? That's a question that was asked of running back Jamal Williams out of BYU in 2017. Cat or a dog? I would rather be a dog because uh, people really care about their dogs, man. And dogs are supposed to be loved. Now, cats, you know, they're standoffish. You know, I'm probably more like a cat in real life. Standoffish, kind of cold, whatever. But a dog, dogs just receive love and dogs give love. So I think it would be better to be a dog. I, I, or like, there's my, one of my friends always asks the question, too, of would you rather be a dog or have to take care of a thousand dogs, which just always, it's be a dog. So, like I said, you got to be a dog, right? And, you know, I, I am not a cat person in part because I'm allergic to cats, so I wouldn't want to be a cat too, yeah. because I'd be allergic to myself. 
But <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I mean, even though I'd rather have a dog, I'd probably rather be a cat because I definitely have a cat personality, not a dog yes. personality. I, you know, I, I, I spend time by myself. I, I'll, I'll come to you when I feel like it. And only when I feel like it, not just like this knee jerk, the dog's always there. The dog's always there. The dog's always there. That's not me. So I probably would be a cat, even though I would never own a cat. Which team do you pick in Madden and why any year of Madden? Uh, well, I didn't, you know, I mean, I guess I would say in the most recent years of Madden, it's probably easiest for me uh, because, you know, those are the ones that I still play. And I would say the Los Angeles Rams uh, because you get to play with Aaron Donald and just wreck offenses. I mean, any one of these games in the last few years, Aaron Donald is ranked 99. And it's very fun to me to just go in the backfield and just destroy stuff, sack quarterbacks, do those kinds of things. And I guess if you're playing you know, the latest one, you also get to play in the new stadium and you see the cool new uniforms and all that too. So that's that's what I enjoy from Madden. I, I pick the same team every year, and it's the ultimate team. I am into the ultimate team. So that would be my team. And you start from scratch with a bunch of scrubs, a bunch of slappies who shall remain nameless. You get a team that's a 59, and you work it, and you work it, and you work it, and you work it. You get it to a 99 just in time for a new version to come out, and then you start all over again with a 59, and it's lather, rinse, repeat. One more real quickly. If you could pick one superpower, what would it be? Devin McCourty was asked that question in 2010. Give me mind reading, but with the ability to turn it on and off because you don't need to hear it all the time. You know what? There... Uh, I'll tell you during break, it reminds me of a book I read about 10 years ago. I would want to be able to fly. How would you not want to be able to fly? Let me fly. Then I wouldn't have to get into a plane. I could just be in Stanford like that. We'll be right back. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Three great words. Free, fries, Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 123124. Excludes tax, must update rewards. All right, only time for one question from the mailbag. I apologize to that. But, John Paschal, you get the honors. John Gruden hasn't done much quarterback hoarding this offseason. Will that change if Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones fall far enough? What do you think, Miles? Uh, it would mean that they have to trade up still probably because I'm not anticipating that one of those guys is going to get down far enough for the Raiders to pick them. But it always seems like they're flirting with getting rid of Derek Carr. I don't know why they do it, but they do it. 
He's got two years left on his contract. Until he gets an extension, that possibility is always going to be there. Apparently, there's some sort of a photo that Matt Casey has sent in for us to wrap the show with. I can only imagine what it is. Here we go! Now available at julianedelman.com. PFTPM Fridays, one week closer to death. Foxborough forever! Have a great weekend. Thanks for some of your time. We'll see you Monday. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.